weekday mornings from 10 till 12. This is KCLR Live. Good morning. You're very, very welcome along to KCL or Live. Unanif Weldownig back with you today. And actually, I've got a little bit of breaking news because Brian Redmond likes to paint himself as the bad cop, Mr. Nasty of Dancing with the Stars. But I got the loveliest text from Brian yesterday morning. So, Brian, your secret's out. You're a lot more teddy bear than grumpy bear. Lots of interesting bits and pieces coming up on the show for you this morning. But first off, we'll head to Ashling for the news. Good morning. Excuse me. I was I was dozing there. Ashling, thank you so much for the news. Una, back with you all this week and looking forward to your chats and your news. 083 306 pardon, 306-9696 is our Dinner's Ready text line. So we're always up for the gossip if you have anything of interest to tell us. A little bit of housekeeping to sort with you this morning. Um, going firstly to a bit of news on the roads. The R448 that's at Castle Gannon, Gannon Mulnavat is closed to traffic until 7 o'clock this evening. So local diversions will be in place and you'd need to bear that in mind, I guess, if you are out and about in that direction. There's also a water outage to report. Water is off this morning in Ennisnag and Stonyford until 1.30 and Ishka Aaron and Kilkenny County Council apologise for any inconvenience caused. We also want to give you a little bit of money this morning with thanks to our friends at La Hearts highlighting their range of Volkswagen electric vehicles. All you have to do is have a listen and ID the sound to be in with a chance to win a whopping €400. Now we told you yesterday we'd give you a clue but we decided against it because we don't want you to clean up too quickly. Wink, wink. Have a listen. The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR. With thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hearts Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit laharts.ie. The Volkswagen ID Sound on KCLR. With thanks to the ID range of electric vehicles at La Hearts Volkswagen Kilkenny. Visit laharts.ie. So there it is. I hope I haven't made it too easy for you. If you think you know what that sound is, 083 306 9696 with your guesses to be in with the chance to win a whopping €400. Now, we've loads of interesting bits and bobs coming up on the show today. We'll be talking about running away money. We'll also be getting um, some tips for some good summer reads for adults and for children. We'll be talking electricity prices, of course. And first up this morning, we're talking water safety because today is World Drowning Prevention Day. And Water Safety Ireland, the Coast Guard and the RNLI are issuing a joint call to action, calling on people to do one thing or improve one thing to help prevent drowning. So to discuss this, I'm joined on the line by Claire Dunphy. Claire is PRO of Water Safety Ireland. Good morning, Claire. Good morning, Ina. Claire, thanks for joining us this morning. I think it is safe to say that we've seen a huge increase in the number of people that are availing of the the waters and getting involved in water sports. So today is an important reminder, I suppose, that we need to take a lot of care when we're out there. Absolutely. And it's just fantastic that we're seeing every like the an increase of people wanting to get out into the waters and getting to use what we've got naturally that we're blessed with here in Ireland. Um, but it is important that the more people that use it, the more aware that we are that drowning does happen and can happen very quickly and can happen to anyone. So the most the more we can do to prevent it, um, the safer we're going to be as a as a collective in Ireland and 
also we can have more fun as long as we're safe having that fun and we can get out every day in the water as long as we are a little bit more aware of our surroundings and that we are, are, are equipping ourselves with the, the, the correct knowledge going out every day uh, into the water. So I think it's really important to promote getting into the water, but also promoting it in a safe and controlled way. And what do you think the main points that people need to be aware of are clear when they're heading out? So the, the most important parts is, first of all, knowing your limits and making sure you never go anywhere alone. Because when we get into trouble in the water, it's often if we don't have help and we're not we're there on our own or people don't know we're there, that these things often end up happening. But they can happen anytime. So we always ask that if you're going somewhere, you let someone know where you're going, what time you intend to be back. And you always go with someone who's knowledgeable of the area and knows where we're swimming and always swim in lifeguarded areas. At the moment as well, there's a lot of rip currents around the season. And and say if we're from Kilkenny and we're traveling to a, uh, a seaside venue that we don't know, it's really important that we won't have the local knowledge of riptide. So it's really important that we swim in our lifeguarded areas only. It's also very important that we don't mix alcohol while swimming and we don't mix inflatables, uh, anything that floats along the water with swimming because two of these are the biggest dangers in our waterways at the moment. Um, We ask people who are swimming, doing some open water swimming, who are wanting to go for longer swims, that they bring a buoyancy aid, a personal buoyancy aid with them. I think you probably have seen them if you've been around waterways. They strap around the waist and they're an orange float that floats behind them in the water. Um, So they're very easily identifiable and they also wear a very bright coloured swim hat because these people who are going for long swims, they're going further off the coast, they're going further into the river and they need to be quickly um, quickly identifiable for lifeguards if they do get into trouble. Um, I, I think your lifeguard advice is really good. And I was so surprised, Claire, when I read the stats that apparently last year lifeguards guards rescued 583 people nationwide and provided first aid um, 6,500 times, if I'm not mistaken. That's huge. Huge. Like we, we owe our lifeguards in Ireland an awful lot of credit. They do Trojan work here every single summer. And even just over the last couple of weeks and things in Kilkenny, there's been loads of instances where people, if the lifeguards weren't there, people could have gotten into really big trouble. And we have to really just say that like that is a, a, something that's provided for us in Ireland. The lifeguards are there. The county councils put them out on waterways every single summer, every day during the summer. So we we have to avail of them because we we are so lucky to have them and you can see even just from the stats from last year the amount of work that they are doing um on our in our different waterways across the country um to you can see that they've actually helped over 500 people they've saved over 500 people last year that could have been 500 more to add to the very sad statistics that are on the other end of it um so we have to really thank them to begin with and also use the fact that they are there for hours every day throughout the summer. Absolutely. And they're a great comfort for someone like me. I'm not a strong swimmer at all, but I went in. I haven't been in this year, Claire, but I did go in last year at the Weir. And I have to say the shock of the cold water and the strength of the current really took me by surprise. I think we can underestimate the dangers that are out there, can't we? 
Oh, absolutely. And even though our weather might be warm out here at the moment, our water is still very, very cold because especially in Kilkenny, you've got a, a, a river which is which doesn't heat up as much during the summer. The water stays cold pretty much all year round. And as you said, the current can be very strong. I was down in the river in Great Manor all last week and there was a couple of days there after the rainfall where even myself as a strong swimmer as the stronger swimmers we had in the water they were still getting pulled downstream so especially if you're going with young kids and they might be strong swimmers in the pool you can't underestimate for the currents that you're going to experience in the river and that you can be swept away so quickly so it's really important that you stay where the lifeguards can see you so that if you god forbid do get into some kind of trouble they can be there very quickly and help you out and I think the hidden depths as well in the, in the river or entanglement, all of those things are things that when it's sunny and you're feeling the summer vibes, you just don't think about those things. So really good to highlight those, Claire. Absolutely. I think I think it's very easy to, for, to say, oh, it's lovely and warm. I'd love to go for a dip in the river without remembering that, without remembering all these little things that could just get you into to bother and that's what the World Drowning Day Prevention Day is about Um, it's about just highlighting these little things and if we can even one thing can stick um, to someone today to say oh gosh I remember I heard we should swim where it's lifeguarded if that one thing sticks we could help we could help prevent drownings across the country Claire, where can we get information on water safety? Because I think that one thing is a, is a great piece of advice, but I suppose anyone listening today might like access to more information, particularly parents, I'm imagining, and um, that might be listening this morning. So could you direct us to a bit more information? Yep, so you've got the Water Safety Ireland website, which is watersafetyireland.ie. That will give you loads of um, uh, practical tips and tricks for all different types of water water um, activities, from swimming to just dipping to going on your, your boats and your surfing. But also for World Drowning Prevention Day, they've actually made a website, worlddrowningpreventionday.com, I think, and they have all of the different resources from all of the different people who are coming together on this um, and all the different organisations coming together on this are all in one area. One thing we would actually ask people to do if they're looking to get involved is the colour for World Drowning Prevention Day is blue and but uh, Water Safety Ireland are trying to get as many people as possible with blue on their faces, blue face paint, blue eyeshadow, whatever you have, to send photos in just to do their part to say... I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to prevent drowning in Ireland. And if they want to send them to the Water Safety to Kenny, um, Facebook or Instagram pages, we can try and get those out and spread them to show that we are in Kilkenny coming together to prevent drowning. Absolutely. And you can text them into us here on 083 306 9696. We would be very happy to do a little bit to spread that very important message. Can I go back for a second, Claire? You mentioned the danger of floatables. Would you mind just expanding on that? Because it mightn't be something that people would think could contribute to danger on the water. In fact, they might think it's quite the opposite. Absolutely. So we can see a lot of, it's a lot of movies and TV shows, you'll see a lot of these big inflatables that you lie out on or the big circular rings that you can you can sit into um, on the water. And they can often give people a very false sense of confidence because as you say, they're floats. How can I be how can I be safe? How can I be unsafe if I'm floating above the water? But the issue with them is, is in a river or in a sea where you have any type of current, within seconds and minutes, you can be pulled out hundreds, 
hundreds of meters out into the sea and you can be far far from where out of your depth first of all and far from where you can get yourself back safely so the issue isn't the fact that they're keeping you afloat the issue is the fact that they will float away with you on them and they will float away with you on them very very quickly um and they can you can be pulled into rip currents very easily with them and you can just be foot pulled very far out into sea to where you're out of your depth and it's where people get pulled out and then fall off these inflatables or fall out of these inflatables um and it can often happen very often it happens to children where they don't have the ability to swim once they fall out so they're all falling games when they're in the the shallow end and you can stand up and you can get out of them as a child but once you've gone out to sea and you're out of your depth they're very very dangerous so um most organizations water safety ireland included absolutely think they should be banned anywhere near open waterways as they're just far too dangerous and far too much of a risk for both children and adults. Okay and I imagine the panic as well if you are turned over and then the rip current and and the speed at which all that happens that's not going to help your ability to to help yourself in those dangerous situations either I imagine. No absolutely not and it just it just will add because it can happen so quickly it's inevitable that you're going to panic. Um, if it unfortunately does happen to anyone who's listening here today the one thing we'll ask you is float to live. If you can remember float to live or it, it doesn't matter what situation you're in in the water if you get into a panic turn onto your back put your head right back in the water spread out like a star and just catch your breath and float. Don't try to swim, don't try to get yourself back. The first thing you need to do is calm down. And the best thing you can do to calm down is to turn onto your back and float. And once you've gotten yourself floating on your back in that stair position, you can either call for help or you can regain regain kind of composure enough to maybe swim. But once you're panicking, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, and you'll take in water when you're panicking as well. Um, and it's just really important that if you do find yourself panicking in any type of water at any stage, float to live, float first, and then you can figure it all out after you're floating on your back and your breathing has calmed down. Okay, that's a good one to highlight, Claire, because I think it's counterintuitive, isn't it? I think you'd be thinking the best thing to do is get moving, get yourself up and get yourself out of there. But that, as you say, is not going to help you in that dangerous situation. No, immediately your head would go to um, get myself out of here. But what you need to do first is actually get yourself calm so that you can think clearly enough to get yourself out of there. So float first and figure it out after that. Okay, I like that. Claire, the last thing I wanted to ask you this morning was if you see someone in trouble, if we don't have a lifeguard there, which we're discouraging, try and swim in areas where there is a lifeguard um, available. But if you see someone in trouble, what is the best thing to do in that situation? The best thing to do is to try and find something that is buoyant to throw into them. Along all of our river uh, waterways in Kilkenny and Carlow and inland, we have ring buoys along the rivers at different intervals, and they're not very far apart. So try and find the closest ring buoy. The one thing we ask you not to do under any circumstances is to get into the water yourself, because once you get into the water yourself, you are putting yourself at risk. So you can't help someone. You can't help save someone if you're in the water struggling as well. So if you're not trained, we ask you to stay outside of the water and throw the ring boy as best as you can um, to the person who's in the water. If it's in the river, try and throw it further up the stream from them so it'll float back down. If that makes sense. Okay. So it'll float back down to them. Try not to throw it um, down the stream because you know you're naturally the current will take it away. But 
if there's a second ring boy there, try again. There's no harm in throwing a couple of ring boys in if it gets the person out. Um, something buoyant, if you don't have a ring boy, anything that you can think that will float, anything buoyant, um, a piece of a log, anything that they can kind of get up on, or if you can reach a stick out as far as them to pull them in, that'd be great, but don't get in the water yourself. Okay. You know, I really think going to that website, uh, World Drowning Prevention Day, .ie is a very valuable thing for us to do because in that moment of panic we're not going to think of those things and at least having some knowledge of what we should and shouldn't be doing in advance would be really valuable Claire thank you so much for all your um, advice this morning and for raising awareness of something so very very important um, do you have anything actually by the way a texter just called in to ask if you could comment about rip currents uh, just before we let you go anything more general to advise us in regard to um, rip currents so rip currents, they, they, they're you can they're all scattered all over the coast. There's different areas. Your lifeguards in your different areas will know specifically the rip currents in those areas, and rip currented areas will not be lifeguarded because they're not safe for swimming. So as long as you swim inside lifeguarded areas, you won't be within rip currents. However, you can if you actually go onto the website. Um, uh, our website there is different resources for rip currents and the best way to recognize a rip current is actually that you can kind of see it but i can't explain that over the radio okay. there's kind of a there is there's a, a rip current looks a specific way it kind of there's um there's kind of a line going out to the ocean and if you go online and onto water safety island and look up rip currents you can see different photos and examples of rip currents and even just know having that in your head might may, may be able to maybe you might be able to spot it if you're down if you've seen a couple of photos of it but the best the best advice not getting caught in a rip current is swim within lifeguarded areas because there will not be a rip current where a lifeguard Okay, well, I think um, really good dating. advice to end on, Claire Dunphy. Thank you so much for all your, your time this morning and your great advice. We'll be back right um, after this. KCL or Live, with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Welcome back to KCLR Live. Keep those guesses coming in for the ID Buzz 086. Oh, beg your pardon. That is the totally wrong number. I am getting all my pages mixed up here. Our number, of course, is 083-306-9696. Too many sixes for me to think about. We've had a few guesses in. Somebody is wondering, is it somebody blowing into a brown paper bag? It is not. And another texter is asking, is it starting a car after being parked? Or is it creaking from the tyres or the brakes? No and no. And actually, I did probably lead you astray a little bit yesterday by saying it's car related. It is not. Uh, just bear in mind that we don't want you to clean up too soon. That's my best advice for you this morning. And one more guess. Is it a motor humming or whirling when navigating to a supercharger? That is quite the game, Joan. But it's not. It is none of those things. So do keep those guesses coming in to us. Very shortly, we're going to be talking to Pat Crotty. But I think we'll take a little bit of Dermot Kennedy just before that. Lately I've been living in a dream The past feels like a better place to be Days we spent just sitting by the sea the beautiful voice of Dermot Kennedy there with Don't Forget Me. Delighted to be joined in studio now by Pat Crotty of Paris, Texas. Pat, good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. That is good. Tell us this. Did you have a busy All-Ireland weekend? Let's get that, let's get that bit of business out of the way first and foremost. Um, yes, we did. Um, the, the 
we've always lamented the, the amount of All-Ireland skill Kenny are in as a rule because it takes so much disposable income out of town but in fact over the last two years the hurlers have come home on the Sunday night so so have the followers come home on the Sunday night and in fact as a result all day yesterday was a fantastic day in town Super um, and the mood was food, good despite yeah. Yeah. It was yeah I mean I, I, nobody can really have a complaint when you're beaten by a better team and on the day I mean Kenny uh, acquitted themselves as best they could and they were just blown away I mean we've done it to teams we can't we can't we've done it to Limerick we've done it to what we've done it to sundry others and uh, so we can't complain Yes and I love that attitude and it was really all I heard yesterday was the better team won and it's yeah, a and, lovely and thing to compliment to And to compliment them and to I mean it, to see the best of hurling I mean there's no sport like it when you see it played by the best people doing No Had you big crowd in watching the match? Uh, we had indeed yeah yeah, that's always the case. Look, any any big sporting event, um, people like to go out to watch it because it creates a kind of terrace atmosphere when you have a when you have a lot of people in one space. It does a terrace mm. atmosphere, but with a great view, Pat, which is even better, Indeed. and a nice and drink replays. and a seat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's great. what I. The only thing I hate about being at the match live, I always have to record it to watch it again because you miss all the rays and you miss all the details. Who did what in a in a niggly situation? You do, or, you do, so and you have to watch it again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You get a lot more when you when you go back and watch it yeah. again without the excitement mm-hmm. and the wonder and the stress actually it can be quite Indeed, stressful yeah. watching it listen you're in t- this morning with us to talk about the nighttime economy and Pat you will hopefully be the, the beneficiary of the nighttime economy noise mitigating grant scheme which is a title and a half isn't it isn't it yeah, yeah well it's one that I I, um, I, I haven't studied in extraordinary detail because I don't. it's not actually for me I won't be a beneficiary oh you won't I'm not a nightclub I'm not a late bar I don't do any of those kind of things um, the, the the Minister for Justice is um, codifying uh, assimilating all the old law in regard to licensing into, into one new law which is in train at the minute and in it they see there being three types of license in the new scenario an ordinary pub's license which is what I have You're one, okay. doing an ordinary day's work every day of the week and then you'll have a late bar license, which is for, for people who will be able to stay up until uh, they're, they're suggesting 2.30. All these things are in flux at the moment, but that would be a late bar license. And then a nightclub license would be someone who can actually stay open until six o'clock in the morning. And serve and drinks till five. Serve drinks till five. Late into and the it's morning. The, and it's people who have... Nightclubs are the first ones who would be considered for this. If somebody's going to stay up until six o'clock and have music going boom, boom till six o'clock in the morning, then there is a considerable possibility of interfering with residential amenity if there's people living within any reasonable distance. I mean, if you live in the middle of a city, as I do, you cannot presume to have a, a, a quiet life up to a certain hour of the night. But you're you're entitled to your night's sleep as well, so it's it's to it's to try and mitigate that that they're they're bringing in this grant and the grant is up to seventy thousand euros, which is quite substantial, uh, as long as you're spending over a hundred thousand. So you will have to be spending thirty of your own. So a hundred thousand, you would imagine, should buy an awful lot of soundproofing to to help with residential amenity for everyone who lives around an area. You can imagine. We have we have nightclubs in Kilkenny. In fact, if you think in terms of John Street, behind all those places in John Street on either side, we're talking Modlin Street or Wolfton Street or any kinds of places, there are lots of people living there. So if you can, if you can make their residential community a bit better, well then everyone will be happier. 
Will they wonder how do you think like I suppose we're changing that that nighttime scene quite a lot with mm. the the changes that you mentioned there and how do you think your average resident who isn't going to be out partying till five or six in the morning will will greet these changes or society generally what do you reckon yeah. the well the, the I suppose the practicality is that while the, the minister could could change the law to say you can stay open till any time like even at the minute like we have a situation where where pubs can open between 10.30 in the morning and 11.30 at night lots of pubs don't open till 12 in the country they don't open till 5 or 6 and they close some of them close very early and they don't open till on the Monday or Tuesday so there's, the, the law only gives you a maximum allowance uh, people will do what the market will dictate after that and I don't actually see a situation where we will ever have a nightclub in Kilkenny that will be open till 6 o'clock in the morning it, in other words it's, it's something that might cause a bit of fear or a bit of trepidation it, in practical terms it's unlikely to happen do you think? I don't think I don't think there's a market there for it. Even even at the minute, if you, if you consider pre-COVID, the um, nightclubs in Kilkenny, the amount of nights of the week that they they ran, now they're only running a couple of nights a week. And there's all sorts of reasons for that. There's a cost of insurance. There's a, a capacity to get security people. There's the cost of all the things to go with it, and even getting the late license itself. And then only in the hope that people might come. Pre-COVID, you knew on a certain night of the week you were going to fill. Now you have no notion what's going to happen. So we're in a very different world now already. So and 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 we used to have about five hundred nightclubs, bona fide nightclubs in the country. We now have eighty five, and most of those are in the centre of Dublin. And really, I would reckon most of this grant money is going to end up spent in the centre of cities like Dublin and Cork and Galway. So do you think, Pat, that that I suppose nightlife nightlife scene or nightclub scene is on the outs. Is that what I'm hearing from you? No, it's 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 just that it's changed. It, the 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 people tend to go more to the late bar scene. It's a it's a different vibe. It's a different thing. The whole concept of the the, the dance scene and whatever is is it, it's all changed. Why do you think and that fact, has happened? I don't know. I'm too old. <laughs> is it the apps? <laughs> you I'm need wondering. to be asking my children or their. Okay. <laughs> well, I wonder. Is it because traditionally, I suppose that was a way to meet people, and you might, you yeah. know, go to a nightclub, the old slow dance that Indeed, was yeah. back in the day. And I guess apps and how we've modernised dating and meeting mm. people might have had a, a yeah. really big effect on the nightclub scene. Yeah, and 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 you see, the late bar scene didn't really exist. They're sort of a, a kind of a, a happy medium or a, a, a fudge. Uh, I don't know how you'd like to describe it, but but the the the, the kind of art like there is dancing. There's usually DJs playing in late bars, but there is technically there's a dance floor. But basically, you dance wherever you are, kind of thing. You know, um, it's a more it's a more um, informal kind of a nightclub. Mm. Um, but it is it is filling the same function. It is creating a facility, a place to be late at night. You mentioned the changes there post-COVID. Do you think they're permanent? That's that's the impression I'm getting from you, that you think that some shifted around that time that is not going to shift back again. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to... Uh, some things are hard to shift back and some things take time. Like, if you... One thing I know from friends in the trade in Dublin that the suburban Dublin pubs recovered much more quickly than the, the city centre ones. And there's all sorts of reasons, like I was saying, insurance and other sorts of things, getting staff to work really late and enough of them because there's actually a requirement for not only do you need security people if you have a nightclub, you need a security person per 50 covers for 50 people in the door. You must have that or you're not properly insured and you're not properly managing any risk of anything that might happen. So there's lots of things. And in Dublin, uh, and then the other thing that I was saying that, that is very different in Dublin, no taxis. So people were either not going into town or leaving early 
because it's the only way to be sure of getting home. Can I ask you, just come back to Kilkenny for a second. How have you found getting staff for, for this summer particularly? Has it been OK? Um, what we, we would take in quite a number of young uh, people every summer and they become our next generation of if kids are heading to college under Leaving Cert um, if we're lucky and we get some good ones and they and they don't go off on J1s and other things like that we might have them with us for the next four years while they're in college and uh, it's fantastic because they start from being totally raw recruits you see them growing into people who could who could work in a bar or restaurant anywhere in the world and the, uh, the social skills that are in the everything and they're fantastic for us and we're, we're really lucky with the ones we have but and there's no shortage of them but the, the problem is it's a never ending cycle because if, if you presume three or four years you need to be taking in enough every year to, to cover the ones you're losing at the far end who have once they finish college they go on to a real job <laughs> what, the, what they trained for and uh, so yeah we're, we're constantly taking in people and I mean and we do it ev- all through the year we, not just for the summer if, if someone comes along who's good we'll give them a start and uh, hopefully they'll be ready for Christmas or they'll be ready for there's always the next occasion coming up where okay, you're going you to meet people Okay you have an eye on the future for, at all times yeah. Pat being the, the good businessman that you undoubtedly are very quickly I wanted to ask you about the VAT rate returning to 13.5% at the end of August how are you mm. feeling about that? Um, I'm feeling very worried about it um, because um, while places like Kilkenny are very busy um, in effect anything that's downstream of a hotel room is not doing the business that it could or should be doing and government has a responsibility in this now we all have a responsibility in that uh, we as part of Europe are, are responsible for looking after refugees from Ukraine and um, there was nowhere else to put them only in hotel rooms but I have spoken to several government ministers to say like even if the war ended today when will there be a house or a service underground in lots of parts of Ukraine that these people could go home to. This is a long term issue and they are not coming up with a long term solution. The only solution currently is to use rooms to put them in that used to be and should be available to tourists. So anyone who who needs hotel rooms to be full as we do to be able to fill our restaurant and justify employing all the people we do and buying all the things we buy from local businesses. Um, We can't do that business if we don't have enough visitors. So Kilkenny looks very busy, um, but we don't have the same number of beds. We don't have the same... There are places like Clare that have nearly no beds. They're all gone to the government. And that is a an emergency response. An emergency response is fine in an emergency. But if it becomes a long-term scenario, they have to have a long-term solution. And so this is why, to bring it back to the VAT, mm. if, we're, if we're suffering at the minute on one front, we really don't need the government starting to hurt us on another front as well by, by saying, um, we're going to take more money out of your pocket when you're not even putting as much in as you thought you would. Our, our our turnover is possibly returned to uh, pre-COVID levels, but at a much lower margin because all the other costs have gone up. I know, there's, no, there's no need to tell you. Energy, utility, uh, insurance, all the things that have just been hurt this year, and it puts the same pressure on uh, labour. Like, I can, I can get new learners, but I can't find full-time professionals. They all left during COVID. 
they were they were people who were full time uh, career hospitality people. They couldn't hang around on three hundred and fifty euros a week when they had a mortgage to pay and families to mind. Because they're they're the, they're your they're your lifers. Uh, they had to go find another job. And they haven't come back. No, because they found sectors. They, they went to work in sectors where they, they had a normal day. See, they have people who are used to working hour hours. That's fine. But you go if you go find a job at nine to five, you're not going back to hospitality. You get a taste of a more regular yeah. life. Pat, lots. We're going to hear, I'm sure, lots more <laughs> next month about the VAT rate increase and all sure the other are. challenges that you you mentioned this morning. Thank you for coming in to have that little discussion about the nighttime time economy, as we're calling mm. it. And um, we look forward to hearing from you again in the very near future. We're actually going to be talking about electricity price hikes in the next next hour, so stay tuned for that. And coming up after this, we're going to be talking about running away money. Back right after this. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets, and a state of the art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Welcome back. Now we're joined as we are every Tuesday by Jerry Farrell of Castleview Financial Services. Jerry, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, Una. Good morning to you and good morning to the listeners. And I love the topic that you've lined up for us today. It is, in my language, running away money and in yours, financial infidelity. Tell us more. Yeah, actually, and it is. Uh, and most people listening will be aware of the option of running away money. There was a recent ar- article or survey published by Aviva in Ireland uh, that says one in 10 of us uh, who are involved in relationships um, save money uh, privately or secretly from our partners uh, and I suppose there's a couple of things Una that jumps off the page aren't there and you're correct uh, one of the things is why would you do that right and traditionally uh, and you go back over the ages that was definitely the running away money for sure right so um, financial infidelity is kind of what I phrased it as I suppose the first thing that shook me when I read the numbers is it's only one in ten so that's a good thing, I think. Uh, but there's two observations, two main observations I would make. Uh, and the first one being, if you're in a partnership, a relationship um, with someone, uh, it's really, really important to uh, to be upfront and honest about your financial affairs. And it absolutely makes sense from a financial integrity perspective to keep your financial independence, right? So what I mean by that is, so... Uh, Jerry and Claire, for instance, uh, are in a relationship and um, it's really important you keep your own personal bank accounts, but it's also important that you have a a joint account system, um, a joint bank account where you're paying your mortgage or your other bills, your utility bills, or you're helping the kids through school or through college uh, and just the day-to-day living. But just to have that and to be aware that each other has that financial independence because there are nice things that you might want to do on your own uh, or with your friends or you might want to surprise your partner with something uh, and so that's important and I think that that's a mature developed relationship where that happens that's the first thing I'd say and the second thing and I'm waxing lyrical here now Una so you're, you you're putting a very positive spin on this I must <laughs> say that you're, you're secreting away that money so you can surprise your partner and a quick question is is Claire your wife's name yes oh yes. I love the examples yeah, you're personalising yeah. this now many of our listeners and there's one or two who who will take me to task over gosh you're always mentioning Claire I'm not but there you go I've mentioned her again now uh, but the second thing I would note when it comes to the, the financial integrity piece uh, with a couple 
uh, with a young couple or, 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 or not so young couple is is to be aware of the financial implications or the tax implications where let's take an example Una, so you have a young couple, they're starting out together, they've been together for a period of maybe months or years, and they've decided to live together, and now they're deciding to buy their first home. Or maybe they're coming to the partnership or the arrangement where they might have other assets um, that they would have secured themselves uh, as they were you know, uh, building out their careers. And so they're coming to the relationship with reasonable assets between the two of them. If there is no... Um, if they're not married or there's no civil partnership and something happens the worst happens to one or other of the two of them the surviving partner can be left with a significant tax bill it's really really important so we're talking about financial infidelity and running away money but the truth is actually the real risk is what happens if so and there are simple uh, inexpensive uh, solutions for young couples or not so young couples to explore and, and, and to explore and either discount or run with. I'm not a marriage counsellor. Don't propose to be one. Sometimes it can be the simplest solution to regularise the relationship. Of course, often marriages don't work out and so it becomes a much more complicated solution indeed. But uh, at, certainly at the outset, it can be the, the, the simplest solution. But it's worth teasing out to make sure what uh, what happens if from a financial um, planning perspective? OK, I think you'll always read that one of the biggest reasons for marital or relationship breakdown is, in fact, that your financial perspective on life doesn't align with your, your partners. So I suppose that's what kind of worried me out of those stats that I think 14 percent of men and 13 percent of women have a secret stash, probably for that very reason that they're thinking, oh, she's a bit or he's a little bit too spendy and they want to make sure that they're protecting themselves against disaster. And history shows us, I think, certainly recent history of the last 30, 40 years, if you look at the statistics, Una, you're wrong. Um, one of the main reasons for relationship breakdown is the financial stresses. And often that is where there's not enough money or one or other of of, of the partners are spending too much money that they, that they don't have, uh, for instance, or, or they're not sort of soundproofing themselves for the future. And that's where sometimes, sometimes a third party, an independent party, such as a financial planner, can come into the equation and kind of say, okay, what do you want from this? And let's look at the numbers. So you strip out the emotion and you look at the numbers and you kind of say, okay, if you want this to work, um, we need to work on the numbers. It takes maturity, doesn't it? Especially at the beginning of a relationship to ask yourself, does this person have the same sort of an attitude as I do toward money? But I'd say a really big and important compatibility point, sure, Jerry, a couple of other things I wanted to ask you about. What do you think? Are we looking at another hike in mortgages? Are we going to be paying out more um, very shortly? It looks like we might be. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Una, uh, really good point. It's an important week. So ECB meet on Thursday. Uh, where are we at? We're at Tuesday. And um, in a recent poll of all economists who matter from a European perspective, all of them agreed that there will be an interest rate hike again on Thursday of 0.25 or a quarter of 1%. So we are, I think, at uh, we've had about 16 rate rises over the the space of the last couple of years or so, about two years. Uh, and it's the main weapon of choice, as we've said before, that the European Central Bank or any central bank uses 
to to battle against inflation. So the inflation numbers in Europe are coming down. They're about six percent, uh, broadly speaking. Or um, or a little bit less than six percent. They were almost eleven percent back in October. So we're on the right trajectory. Remember though. Um, the European Central Bank's long-term strategic aim is to have um, inflation at 2%. We're a long way away from that. So, so to answer your question, uh, yes, we'll have a rate rise in, in, in on Thursday. Uh, that will impact mortgage holders. What we've seen is we've seen, uh, and, uh, and we shouldn't overplay it, and I'm not going to overplay it, but we've seen Irish banks cushion mortgage holders to a point because they haven't passed on many of those rate rises yet so that's good news and we've also seen some movement on the cash deposit side so cash as uh, an investment choice has come back on the table una whether that's through your pension or through an investment or just through a savings plan with your local bank or building society cash has become slightly more attractive now which is good news but obviously when you uh, throw in the effects of inflation. Obviously, the the longer term erosion uh, of your asset base is still is still happening, but it's it's back on the table now. I think for a lot of people though that are facing the the aforementioned dreaded inflation, which is still you know very real in our pockets every week, and also those increasing um, interest rates, it's hard to think about the future or investments or what you might do. For a lot of people, that just isn't a reality. Jerry, loads of interesting bits and pieces there. I'd love to ask you, do you have a running away fund? But I'm too nervous that Claire might be listening to us. <laughs> so we'd better not go there. But thank you so much for all your insights this week. And we look forward to chatting to you next week. Good we'll to back. talk with you, Una. Right after this. KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Welcome back. Now, South Kilkenny is hoping for a boost as the first segment of the South East Greenway opens this morning. And our girl about town, Edwina Grace, is there on site. Edwina, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, here in Ross Burke and um, in, uh, on the border, I suppose, with Kilkenny and uh, Wexford, uh, Una. And it's all go here today. Quite the crowd have turned out. Of course, the Minister of State, Chambers, is due in the next few minutes. He will be officially launching and unveiling and opening the first segment of the South East Greenway, which incorporates the Kilkenny Greenway. It's a 24-kilometre stretch in total when it's completed. It'll run from here in Ross Burke and to Waterford City but the first segment of that is opening today it's a six kilometre segment between Ross Birkin and Glenmore and I suppose it's interesting to note when we say it incorporates the Kilkenny Greenway 22 of the 24 kilometres are actually in Kilkenny um, so that'll give you an idea but already here the chat is about uh, what businesses might pop up I've been speaking to some local business people who already have a business and they're seeing expansions already in what they do um, people tell me the bikes are becoming more popular and they expect that to increase even more so as the stretches open uh, one by one with the entire um, entirety of the greenway set to be open by I think the end of 2025 but they do anticipate that a section, a second section will open later this year. But for today, the focus is very much on the six kilometres between um, Ross Birkin and Glenmore. 
And is the atmosphere good there, Edwina? Have you spotted anybody? I believe that um, Gigi Delaney and Lee Chin are going to be there as well. Is that correct? Or hurling heroes? They're due, they're due to be here. I, unfortunately, I'm really bad at spotting hurlers without their helmets, you know, when you, get, <laughs> when you can tell them. But I haven't seen them so far. But there is quite a crowd here. And I've just kind of stepped out a little bit because there's music and there's a bit of fun um, just inside the main car park, we'll say. So I've stepped out a little bit just to, to be able to talk to you. But... Um, I'm sure they will be here of course great both of them represent uh, between them Kilkenny and Wexford and I'm sure both of them fit lads you know they're they're likely to use this greenway as well at some stage and, and there's a lot of chat about that people really excited like the, one of the first um, people when I got down here uh, Mag came up to me and she handed me um, a, a poster for the 2023 Pink Rock 10k this is a, a big event here in, in the South Kilkenny area every year it's run by the um the St. Joseph's Athletic Club and uh, they've got quite the membership but it's a 5k family run and walk or you can jog it and it takes place on Sunday the 30th of July so coming up very very soon Um, the 10k walkers will start at half 11 and the runners at 12 noon and even then you know chatting to to the some of the members of the club they were saying they can't wait for the greenway to be fully open because they'll get to do their training in a safe environment. You know, I've been talking to mummies and daddies saying they can't wait to be able to bring the kids out in it because they don't have to be worrying about cars. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite exciting. And then I suppose, Una, as well, they're looking very much to the future here too um, because the plan is not only to link this, to bring this from Ross Burke and the whole way into Waterford City, to link it with the Waterford Greenway, which, as we know, has been very, very successful. But eventually the plan is to link it to Inishtig, Woodstock Inishtig, in Kilkenny with another 20 kilometre stretch between there and here and also to um, St Mullins and up through Carlow so essentially at some point in the future the ideal or the aim would be that at some point you could leave Dublin and travel down through the southeast, uh, out through Waterford and across Munster if you wanted to if you wanted to cycle or or um, walk that kind of a road which is quite exciting and you can imagine the little businesses that could potentially pop up um, some of the cyclists here are telling me that coffee culture is huge for those who like to take it, go out on their bikes so already I was chatting to one business owner who has both a cafe and a bike uh, rental uh, service here and they're just located just off the uh, car park here in Ross Birkin. so you know a lot of people are very very excited about what this might bring not just from an amenity point of view but from a, a business boost for the region It's brilliant and you know you mentioned when that extension hopefully does happen into St Mullins could you be looking at nicer landscape it's absolutely beautiful and Edwina any stretch that I've done it is such a different experience cycling when you feel the safety that you spoke about it's just it's fabulous Absolutely. I mean, the only thing you need to look out for is is the are the cyclists and the walkers coming in the opposite direction. But you know, I think there's a great kind of uh, element of respect among the people who uh, tend to use greenways, and that there's a nice bit of space too. And you know, even here, I'm looking at they have a big screen up as showing children on bikes with little helmets just ambling along on their bike and it's it's just gorgeous. And I know as a as a mum of a three and a half year old who loves to go out on her bike and scooter. You're constantly watching, you know, when they go near the edge of the path or cars are coming quite fast and you're afraid if they fall off. Something like the Greenway, it's 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 a lot safer, you know, you get get to, to move in that. Now, a lot of people, Una, had thought they were afraid this day wouldn't come. It was the opening day was kind of pushed back and pushed back. There were a couple of uh, 
technical issues and, and, and things that had arisen, but you know, most people delighted to see today happen. And now, as I say, that the focus is on getting the other stretches, but uh, the second stretch, I'm told, is expected to open later this year. Um, that's in around Ferrybank. And then they're hoping to kind of move stretch by stretch um, until the, the whole thing is completely open, hope by the end of 2025. OK, well, we look forward to that. And Edwina, we look forward to getting all the rest of the gossip. No doubt you will corner a few people for a few chats and we'll be hearing more from you later on. Thanks, Emil. Enjoy the rest of your morning. Thanks, Uda. KCL or live with thanks to Fair Green Pink Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie Lots of interesting bits and pieces still to come in the next hour. We've got a great competition for you, by the way, if you fancy getting your glad rags on this weekend and heading to the races. Always a great day out. We'll be giving you some tips for some good summer reads and we're going to be talking about, I'm sorry, but electricity prices, it has got to be done. We might have a little bit of help for you if you're struggling, as many of us are. But before all of that, we're going to head back to Ashling for this hour's news. Thanks, Ashling. Ashling is 16 degrees okay for a bit of a swim. I believe you're a bit of a water baby. Yeah, I like swimming, but um, 16 degrees, it's decent. It's probably a little bit on the cold side, but I mean, I can't really complain considering the temperatures we're seeing in other parts of the country. I think I'll stick with the 16 degrees for now. Do you get out, do you do sea swimming or river? No, Where do I you go? was more of a um, pool swimmer. So okay. I used to swim competitively, um, but we do have a river at the end of our house. Um, so sometimes I go in there, but it is very rocky. So you'll come out with a few bruises. You just have to <laughs> accept that that's going to happen. But um, yeah, that can be very, very cold. That sounds idyllic, a river at the end of your house. It does, but it's it's like very, very rocky, very overgrown. So we <laughs> definitely so you don't do that, it that often. No, we don't. But um, I definitely should you know, I take, I take more opportunity to go down there more often, but yeah. It sounds amazing. In our heads, we're thinking of you getting up, <laughs> having a little swim, coming back for a coffee, listening to the birds. It sounds amazing. Have you done any of the Greenway? No, but I definitely will head out there. Um, I think it's great to have somewhere that people can, you know, walk safely, go cycling. Um, just the roads are so busy. Um, so it's good to have somewhere you can bring even kids to teach them how to cycle and stuff like that. So I definitely will be going out there just to check it out. And it's a great excuse, isn't it? Now that oh, we've got yeah. a new new little segment to to go out on. Ashley, thanks Emil. We'll talk to you next hour. Now we've got to go and talk a little bit of money. I'm delighted to be joined by Dara Cassidy of Bonkers.ie. Dara, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm good, thanks. We have to talk about electricity prices. I'm kind of sick of it, but also I need a solution to these (laughs) problems. Um, We were reading in the papers that we are third only to Estonia and Italy, I think, in terms of electricity price hikes. So what can you offer us as a little bit of a way out of that hole, Dara. What, if anything? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a report that was in The Independent um, just kind of underlining, again, as if we needed reminding just how much electricity prices and, of course, gas prices have risen in Ireland over the past two years. And of course, gas and electricity were very, very high in Ireland already to begin with. And whilst they've begun to ease energy prices in other countries over the past few months, they haven't budged a lot in Ireland, really. And it looks as if we're going back into another winter Again, it's just come up so quickly the past 12 months, I think. It looks like we're going into another winter with energy prices at pretty much the same record levels that they were at the year before, which isn't great. But in terms of trying to mitigate it, um, people can still switch, obviously, and they can get a discount. Now, some of those discounts have reduced over the past few months, unfortunately. You used to be able to get a discount of maybe 30 to 40%, but some suppliers are still offering discounts of up to 10%. And 
you know, that's nothing to be sniffed at a 10% discount, given where energy prices are, because they're so high, it's still a saving of around maybe three or 400 euro. So do look into it. Uh, and then also as well, just checking out ways to reduce energy consumption. Um, the SEAI, the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland, lots of tips. We do in bonkers, so I.e. as well. I know now with the with well the okay weather, we've had a poor July, but looking out the window now and it's relatively sunny. But with the reasonably okay weather, obviously summer isn't usually a time when people think of energy savings. Um, we don't have the heat on usually, but you know as we go in through the next few months, it is something that we're going to have to be mindful of again, unfortunately. And I, as you say, we don't think about, oh my God, this is too much for me until we really are in the thick of, of switching on everything. But to speak of the switch for a second, Dara, I have done that. And I have to say, energy providers do not make that easy for us. I, I nearly threw in the towel at one stage trying to switch my provider because the process was really painful. Yeah, I mean, we usually believe it or not, gas and electricity is one of the easier bills to switch because it can all be done online. Um, so most people now find the process easy enough, but unfortunately, sometimes, you know, depending on their supplier and their customer service, some people may find things a little bit more difficult. If people go to a site like bonkers.ie, uh, depending on what's there, we can do a lot of the legwork for you so you don't have to compare prices from all the different suppliers, um, and that can make things a little bit easier. I would say to people, though, the information that you're usually going to need if you want to switch either electricity or gas is your MPRN or your GPRN number, which identifies your price property and so that will never change no matter who you're with Uh, and then you'll also need an estimated um sorry a a reading of your meter reading Um, and then when you have both those two pieces of information you can go and look at switching it helps as well if you have an idea of how much energy you use as that'll give you a better estimate of your savings but really just having your mprn number and that meter reading should be enough and um, like lots of people do do as hundreds sometimes thousands of people switch every single month it's definitely something i would encourage people to do every year if possible uh, because those discounts only last a year but certainly if you haven't sm- switched it just goes for all bills whether it's your you know, your broadband your tv your mobile if you haven't switched within around maybe you know two three four years the chances are that you, know, you are overpaying and that your loyalty to that particular company is being taken advantage of well i definitely didn't do it the right way because i had to speak to not one but many many people when i was trying to switch over it is a couple <laughs> of years ago now but but honestly it, it turned me off I thought I can't face this for another few years but you're saying we should be doing that annually that seems like a bit of work but I'm, I must investigate that Dara yeah like, I mean, but, like, I mean, it, it's work but it, it's, it's money you know we have to work for our money anyway our wage and um, if you can save maybe a few hundred euro that's a few hundred euro that's what I'd certainly prefer in my pockets and yeah when it comes to switching you do sometimes have to pull in a little bit of legwork um, but uh, you know, if, if the result of that legwork of saving a few hundred euro I think people would be silly not to do it and inflation is still at a very high level uh, there's still a cost of living crisis um, inflation over the past maybe 18 months prices have gone up probably by, by around maybe 15% people's wages haven't gone up that much uh, there's a lot of other price hikes coming down the line and um, the excise duty on gas and diesel is going to go back up and um, we've seen some maybe you know price increases from other suppliers as I said it looks of gas and electricity prices are going to remain quite high so if people want to maintain their standard of living they do need to look at switching those bills and putting money back into the pocket so even though it does take maybe a little bit of work I think it's definitely worth it. Okay what are the other big things that people are maybe losing out on that they could be switching despite energy or besides energy rather anything else that you could recommend that we look into Dara? 
Yeah, I mean, like, car insurance and home insurance are always big ones. Home insurance is running at over 20% a year, um, inflation in home insurance. So costs have gone up. Um, so a lot of people who have gotten their home insurance premium may have gotten a little bit of a shock. Uh, but for people who are prepared to switch and to get a new customer discount, they can reduce those increases and sometimes maybe actually even save any, any money. Car insurance is obviously one that's always there. I mean, we're good in Ireland at switching car insurance and haggling. And I would always say to people that obsession that we have with this of getting the best value quote should extend to all of our other bills because there probably is not a single person who is listening to this interview right now who is also a driver who has not haggled when their car insurance premium come in, comes in or when their renewal quote comes in or who hasn't looked to get better value. But for some reason, when whether it's the broadband and TV, whether it's the mobile phone or whether it's the home insurance, we don't have that same obsession with getting good value. So as I said, the obsession that we have with car insurance and getting better value, bring that to your other bills as well. Also mobile costs and telecommunication costs, they're beginning to creep up um, and, and there is still great value you can get half price deals for six months and maybe even a year which could save you several hundred euro and that's something I'd encourage people to look at as well same way with your mobile costs really all of your bills uh, mortgage as well obviously things are a little bit more difficult now with mortgage rates because they are going up um, and certainly if I was having this conversation maybe 12 or 15 months ago it would have been far easier I would have said switch there's great value deals there's low interest rates it's a little bit trickier now unfortunately at the moment but there still could be savings um, depending on who you switch to by switching your mortgage. And of course, your mortgage is such a big outgoing um, that um, even saving, uh, you know, getting on, you know, lowering your rate by maybe half a percentage point can actually make, you know, that can equate to a saving of several hundred euros. So, I mean, you know, you, uh, saving money is, like I said, an easy way to put money back into your own pockets. Unless, of course, you have a very, very generous employer who's giving you a huge, you know, wage increase. Uh, it is really the only way that you can kind of maintain your standard of living when um, prices are going up so high. The mortgage one, two things there. I, I'm wondering, do you think we need to let the dust settle a little bit before we look into that switching mortgage providers? And also, it's another thing that I just think, oh my God, I can't face that. It seems like a very, very big piece of work. Is that a misconception in my lazy head? Um, it, like, I mean, I, I don't... With the energy, I think it is very, very easy and it's very, very simple. But no, you are right. It does take a little bit more work with a mortgage because you do usually need to get a solicitor involved um, because you're switching you know, from one mortgage provider to another. And it's not something that people are going to do every year, whether with gas, electricity. I would say people do it every year or at least every few years with a mortgage. It's not necessarily something that you're going to do every year, but it's definitely something that people should look at doing at least once over the lifetime of the mortgage. In terms of letting the dust settle, it really depends on people's situation and I would encourage people to chat to a mortgage broker to assess their options because interest rates are going up and they're likely to go up again on Thursday unfortunately to 4.25% but it looks as if they could stay there for quite a while and and at the moment, I mean, if you look at Bank of Ireland, it still has rates well below 4% on offer. And I don't think they're probably going to stay around for very, very long. But um, again, if you maybe were someone who's on a tracker, you could soon be paying 55 5.6%, which is a high rate, whereas fixed rates of under 4%, like I said, are still actually technically available. So for some people, depending on their situation, it could still make sense to actually switch your mortgage but you do need to get really really good advice and sit down with someone so does the solicitor come into that 
at, at the start of the process or what would their role be if you were switching? The solicitor would only come in really towards the middle and the end if you actually go ahead with it. Um, and the fees can be maybe 1100 1200 Now, some banks will give you cash back if you switch, um, which can more than offset the switching costs and the legal costs and then of course then you'd save on your monthly repayment but certainly if you just want to assess your options we have a mortgage brokerage of bonkers people can chat to us um but you know you, you can just assess your options first chat to a provider and it's really then only later once you have absolutely decided to switch and of course once your switch has been accepted by the bank that you're looking to switch to then you'd get a a, um, a solicitor involved um, and of course i suppose the point there to highlight as well is that unlike most other bills it can happen sometimes with car insurance and home insurance you might be refused a switch may not be open to everyone so if your financial circumstances have changed for the worst since you um, took out your mortgage initially and that can include having children um, another lender may or may not be willing to take on your business so it's always something that you'll just have to kind of check Okay, I'm always suspicious when there's a cashback on offer. It makes me feel like down the line I'm going to regret that move. But I'm a cynical little Sally here. Is there <laughs> is there room, Dara, for going to your current provider and doing any little bit of negotiating or restructuring? I know it will depend on the package or the mortgage that you have, but is that a good starting point for people? I wonder. Well, yeah, no, you could. I mean, usually the, the this goes with, unfortunately, all bills. Usually the best deals are reserved for new customers. But yes, whether it's your broadband or your TV or your gas and electricity or your mortgage, charging to your new lender is always an option. Um, sometimes, actually, particularly you know, if you're coming to the end of your fixed rate, in particular with your existing lender, um, you'll need to then either refix. And in that case, you may actually be on a better rate than you were on initially, although at the moment that may not be the case. Uh, but certainly, for example, if somebody is on a variable rate, they could ring up their existing lender and ask them about the fixed rate options that are available. And some of those fixed rate options may actually be slightly less. Um, and then also as well, if you've paid off a lot of equity in your home, it'll mean you'll have moved on to a different loan-to-value ratio, and that might mean that you can um, be entitled to a better deal. But usually, with mortgage rates, it's not like you're, you know, negotiating a special deal just for you. The bank will have a very, very strict set of rules and processes that it has in place as to the type of interest rates it offers people and when. Now, sometimes people don't know they might be entitled to a lower rate, and that's where ringing up the bank comes in. But it's not really a case that you can ring up and just say, "Oh, hey, I demand to be given." a rate of 2.5% even though it's not available to anyone else if that makes sense no no but certainly yeah but, but certainly you know checking in to make sure like I said particularly if you only know maybe like a variable rate of maybe four and a half percent you may be entitled to a fixed rate and um, that's that's slightly lower meaning it could just be actually a, a, a signing a sheet and ticking a box that could save you a few euro week. yeah and I, but I think really for me it's about awareness of what is out there and what you are able to um, avail of and I would say many of us and I'm including myself top of the list here we just don't open that book and it's so funny that you mentioned the car insurance because I'm very brave about that but I'm very disinterested in negotiating deals in other areas and there's something interesting in the psychology of that Dara that we probably mm. won't solve this morning I don't think No, <laughs> no and like, I, I say it all the time and you're right there is something really really interesting in the psychology and the other psychology as well is that everyone knows we all know the price for pints some of us we all know the price for a litre of petrol and a litre of diesel and wheels oh that's a great place to, to fill up 
up i'll go there but then sometimes we don't know the prices of other things like when it comes to maybe supermarket shopping we might forget what the price of staple items cost because i always go into the supermarkets and it really kind of you know infuriates me the the, the tricky and kind of dodgy tactics a lot of the supermarkets have with pricing you know they're very sneaky they'll pretend something's a discount because they've just hacked up the price or jacked up the price the week before and sometimes people don't get that because you know sometimes understandably they're not watching the price of absolutely everything but certainly if we did watch the price of things a bit more closely we know better value when we see it and um, and yeah it's just for some reason when it comes to car insurance we know know, we'll be able to haggle to get the good deals we'll shop around we know what the cost of petrol and diesel costs but not quite when it comes to other bills but try my advice to people is to, is to try be like that we're willing to drive a good bargain the supermarket market thing is so they are clever people I'll tell you that where they put the bargains and then something cheaper underneath and I am the first Egypt that is taking that thing that's actually not at all cheaper Darren I'm going to put you on the spot here because I'm reading an article about the increase in prices and I want to ask you how much do you reckon a two litre of milk it's going to cost you two liters of milk rather will cost you well, so I, well I'll, I'll get out of it because i live alone so i'm, I'm single <laughs> so i'm not usually buying for two but one liter would usually cost around maybe 105 110 so i'm saying maybe two liters is just under two euro is it it is not just under two euro it's 224 but an increase of 28 cents so that's why you thought it was just under they're looking at the price increases in the space of the year so milk up 28 cent butter up 29 cent and that I'm sure is including the decrease that we saw recently in both of those things a brown mm-hmm. size pan up 10 cent all seems you know very small in a sense but when you put all those up together you're looking at a potential 400 euro increase in an annual grocery bill for family which is significant isn't it it is, but it's because it's on the top of so many other things. As you said, when you think, oh, it's 10 cent here, it's 10 cent there, it's not a huge amount, but it does add up over the course of a year. It definitely adds up if you have a family to feed, if you've one or two kids, and then you're also paying record energy prices. And then um, for a lot of people as well, they're contending with rising mortgage rates and rising interest rates and rising communication costs. I mean, even just the other day, I got a notification from Spotify to say that that's going up. Um, um, it wasn't so long ago that Netflix increased the price of its plans. That was about maybe you know ten or eleven months ago. So it kind of seems everything has been going up, and fortunately, well, it has because we've had pretty much record inflation. And what people as well need to remember is that even inflation, the rate of inflation is falling. What that means is that the rate of price increases is slowing. It doesn't mean that things are getting cheaper. Sometimes people think that, oh, if inflation has fallen from, you know, 8% to 5%, which it kind of has in Ireland, oh, prices are dropping. They're not. They're still increasing. They're just increasing at a slower rate. And unfortunately, it, it, it doesn't look like we're actually going to see outright deflation anytime soon. So, um, but hopefully inflation will at least slow down, meaning the rate of price growth will hopefully match the rate of the rate of wage increases so people's purchasing power is at least staying the same but you know it looks as if like next year we will see inflation probably of maybe you know two three percent it'll be a lot more manageable but it just means things are going to get more expensive again so um yeah, it's been tough for households, it and particularly with, with food costs as well. Although I think as well, that report we're saying, strangely, not strangely, but maybe unbelievably, um, the rate of inflation here hasn't been as high as it has been in other countries. I wouldn't quite say we've been spared the the, the, the worst of it, because it has felt very, very bad. It but has. some countries, even our neighbours in the UK, they've had a much higher uh, food inflation rate. But then I suppose on the flip side, we've had a higher inflation rate for 
electricity and gas so you win some you lose some and I think they were starting from a lower base so there was a bit of wriggle room there but I think your point is so relevant Dara that when we hear that inflation is is, is lowering we get excited and we think it's deflation and it, it absolutely isn't the prices are still on the up but just not quite mm-hmm. as, as quickly or as much as um, they were previously listen thanks to people like you we can keep an eye on prices and maybe um, get a bit of a bargain for ourselves Dara pleasure to chat to you as always and thank you so much coming up after the You're break welcome we will be chatting about the races and we've got a great competition for you so stay tuned KCL or live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops food outlets and a state of the art IMC cinema see fairgreen.ie Carlo Penny KCLR Welcome back now I'm joined online by Eddie Scally manager of Gorn Race Park Eddie, when Brian spoke to you last week, I think you were rain-soaked out there, but it looks a little bit better today. Are you nice and dry? Yeah, no, no, it's absolutely gorgeous weather today, thank God. So, a bit of a respite from all the rain we've been getting for the last couple of weeks. What a difference. How did the Black and Amber Golf Classic go for you? Yeah, no, it was a fabulous day. Um, you know, it, it cleared off. Like, the morning was horrific. It just... It was relentless amounts of rain, but, you know, the atmosphere was very, very good. And thankfully, in the afternoon, then the weather cleared off and it turned out to be a nice evening. And, you know, it, it did what it meant to do. It, it raised nice, most much needed funds for the the players' fund for after the All-Ireland final. Like, these guys have given us so much. It's it's great to be able to give something back. It is. And did you enjoy the match, tell us? We're still talking about it. <laughs> ah, yeah, look, look, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great game. I thought the lads... Um, you know, the stuck at it, they're playing against a superb Limerick team. You, you kind of have to applaud greatness as well. Um, that Limerick team are, are superb, but in fairness to our lads, they, they, they work really, really hard. They never give up. Um, and right up until the last kind of 10 or 11 minutes, they were they were right in there punching. So, look, there's lots to be excited about. From You know, you're very lucky down here in Kilkenny. Like, I'm a Westmead man. I'd love to be getting beaten in All-Ireland finals. I don't have to worry about that, but <laughs> I do enjoy going to see Kilkenny. And come here, lots to look forward to for you this weekend as well. Tell us about what, what the events of the week are shaping up to look like. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a very exciting week for us out of the race course. Uh, ladies' Day this weekend, it's always a big summer fixture for us. It's our biggest summer meeting of the year on the on the, on the the racing calendar. And um, we were very lucky, I suppose, we were the benefactors of the Curra being cancelled last Sunday. They've, they've moved the Ratbride Group 3 race to Gorham Park this Saturday. So now we have a really big race as well to kind of complement the card but Saturday itself you know it's the McDonough Junction and Lyra at the State Ladies Day in association with KCLR which is which is brilliant so we've got you know live music from 12 noon I think Eddie Hughes is DJing live from here from 12 to 2 and then he's doing a full DJ set himself and we've after dark then on after racing as well so you know it's a full on party as well that's that's going to be complemented by top class racing and, and, and the fashion stakes will be high and I'm delighted that Tanisha Gorey has agreed to come over from, from the UK Tanisha is obviously a, a star in Coronation Street and she's a really nice person as well and you know it just happened that her, her timeline's aligned with ours and she, she'd offered to come over and, and be the judge on the best dress days so she'll be a bit of crack she's, she seems like a lovely girl and I'm sure everyone will enjoy meeting her as well and it's nice to have somebody over from Coronation Street still extremely popular here in Ireland Absolutely and is she judging solo? Uh, no, she'll be kind of ably helped by uh, the teams from McDonough Junction and uh, and our own team here in Warren Park and, and the team in, in Lyrat. So you've you've about seven or eight of them working together, but the ultimate final decision will rest on Tanisha's shoulder so she can go back to the UK and we'll blame her if there's any controversy. <laughs> we like doing that. Blaming somebody else that's over the sea, over the waters. And come here, are you, do you have any any tips for anybody heading out to the races? Um, any tips at all? Horse tips? Style tips? We, we'll take anything you have to offer, Eddie. 
Yeah. I think on the horse side of things, you know, the, the entries are only coming in there this morning for Saturday's card, so we haven't got them yet. But, you know, you're going to be looking for horses that'll handle an ease in the ground. So you want horses that have a bit of form on kind of yielding soft ground. Dermot Well to be a brilliant trainer for that type of ground. So I'd imagine he'll have a few winners on the day, so he'd be the one to follow. But from the fashion stakes, I think just dress appropriately for the weather, you know, just make sure you're nice and comfortable, get out here early. And, and just plan for a long day because, I mean, the last race with us on the day is at half four and after dark you're going to be playing until six o'clock. So it should be a really good party. Just come out and enjoy yourselves. Eddie, I have to wonder, have you ever been to a race course? A race course? Nobody dresses appropriately. You dress for looking fabulous and, and the, the, the weather does not come into that, I can tell you. Yeah, well, I think luckily enough for us, uh, the weather the weather has always been very kind to us on Ladies' Day. Looks like it's going to be quite kind to us again on Saturday. It's given it as a, as, a, as a pretty dry day, and that's all we want is a nice dry day. But, you know, as I said, <clears throat> it's a long day as well, and I often see some of the some of the ladies in, in their high heel shoes and stuff by half five or six, they're kind of taking a bit of a pull and getting a bit of a wobble on. I think it's always, you know, dress appropriately. As I say, bring it for the style, but maybe bring a pair of flip-flops in the handbag or something for later on in the day that you're able to relax into. Yes, well, that's definitely good advice. Bring flip-flops for later, I think. But I'm, you, you start the day in the heel, that's for sure. Well, it sounds brilliant, Eddie. And there's loads. Our own Eddie Hughes is going to be DJing, as you said. Lots of great entertainment. And it's always a brilliant day out. The forecast is looking OK. So we might not need the flip-flops. We might be able to stand tall for, for the entire day. And as you mentioned, Eddie, we do have a pair of tickets to give away every day this week with thanks to McDonough Junction, Lyrath Estate and ourselves here at KCLR. So we're asking our listeners to do to be in with the chance to win is to text or WhatsApp Ladies Day nice and simple Ladies Day with your name and details to our Dinners Ready text line which of course is 083 306 9696 and we'll pick a winner before the end of the show Eddie the very best of luck to you we look forward to hearing more about it as the week progresses and we will pray for good weather No fingers crossed thanks very much for having me Una. We put out the statue the, statues, the, the statue of Prague thanks a million Eddie We're going <laughs> to take li- thank, and you too we're going to take a little piece of music this I think Tara is part of me Carlo Kilkenny KCLR and it could be you heading to Ladies Day this weekend if you want to be in with a shout of learning a shot rather of learn of getting those tickets you can text us on 083 306 9696 all you've got to do is text Ladies Day that's it with your name and details and we'll be the winner before the end of the show now summer is a lovely time to catch up with those reads that we have on our list of books that we really want to get to and Tracy McEnany is, is executive librarian with Libraries Ireland and she joins us on the line now to give us I suppose a bit of advice as to what we might pick. Tracy, good morning. How are you doing? I'm very well, Una. How are you? I'm not too bad. Now, you have, I suppose, inside knowledge, being a librarian, of what the, the books of the summer are, if you like. What would you recommend for us as must-reads for this year? Well, just to remind listeners that uh, library membership is free and there is no fines whatsoever. And if you're visiting Kilkenny from Carlow, you can go in to use the eight Kilkenny libraries and bring back your books to Carlow as well, to the four Carlow libraries. And um, it's just like there's so much happening in your local library as well. And um, the Summer Stars reading programme, it's important to keep children reading over the summer as well. So the Summer Stars reading programme, it's aimed at all children in primary schools. And they come into the library, get a reading card, uh, track their um, reading over the summer and then they'll get a medal and uh, medal and certificate at the when they complete it as well. 
Um, and it's just, everybody loves a medal, Luna, don't they? Oh, they do. Um, I don't have many, yeah. but they, they do love them. Um, Tracy, there's also that lovely initiative, the My Little Library book bag for kids that are starting school. Can you tell us a little bit about that? This is really lovely. Um, they come into the library, as I said. Again, this is free. They join up their library for free and then they get a little library book bag. And this is for anybody starting school in September, so junior infants. They, and the bag is lovely. They get a little card, um, a little wallet for their card, a story card in the, the bag as well to say what to expect in your local library. And uh, there's three books all about starting school, new experiences and making friends. And it's available in Irish and in English. So if you're starting an English school, you get an English bag. And if you're starting the Irish school, the Grail School, you get a, ba- a bag of Grailga. But like fantastic. Like, and a lot of people who come in for the little library book bag then have older brothers and sisters and then they join the summer stars. But another really good initiative is the free Women's World Cup activity book. Now this is, there's probably only a few left. So go into your uh, local library and pick one up. It's aimed at third to sixth class, and it's all about the Women's World Cup. It's got the fixtures. You know, we're playing again tomorrow um, in Perth, 1 o'clock, um, and it's a bio on the girls. It's got what are the girls reading. It's got uh, crosswords and word searches and, um, and also the fixtures and where we're playing as well in Australia. And it's just... And I think libraries are really part of the community, and we've really got behind the girls in green. So it's all very exciting in libraries at the moment. They've really stood the test of time. And I think those little initiatives help a lot. I was chatting to my little nephew on the phone the other day. And when he came on, he said to me straight away, I'm going to big school. So I think that little um, library book bag is a lovely way to mark sort of the rite of passage that, that jump into the big bad world of big school, isn't it? It is. And even we bring them, like if you've got a child at home and they're the only child, right, it's very important to bring them to story times in your local library, get them used to other children as well. I know they're going to play school, but just to get them used to interacting with other children. And and, and the, the library itself is kind of a lovely environment to uh, do that in, you know. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's a great, great environment. But also, if you go on to the uh, Library Ireland website, You've got a lot of um, information there about choosing books for different ages and um, reluctant readers. And um, so there's something there for absolutely everybody to keep everybody reading over the summer, especially the primary school children, the teenagers. You know, teenagers are very much influenced by TikTok. So anything on BookTok, they'll be reading it. Fabulous. I'm not going to out anybody here or name and shame, but you mentioned that there are no funds now for late returns. And I said that to a friend of mine last week in earshot of her 17 year old daughter. And the the daughter turned around and said, what, there's no fines. Why do we bother bringing back the book? So my question, Tracy, is has the um, elimination of the fine resulted in people being a little bit lazier about returning their books? No, they're probably better at bringing back their books. Uh, because they know there's no fines, so they're not reaching any, you know, there'll be no um, uh, no repercussions for the, the uh, and having to pay out lo- lots of money. So it's all, you know, it's all free. And do you know also, Una, that we have like the free e-books and the free e-audiobooks? Do you know about that, the borrow box? Tell us how that works. The borrow box is a free app, right? Um, if you're a Malibria member, um, you can join up this uh, borrow box app and you get free e-books and e-audiobooks. Uh, the best e um, audiobook that I've listened to in the last six months 
is probably Bono. Now, Bono was, it's Surrender by Bono, and it's 20 hours long. I'm not a Bono fan, I can tell you that, um, but after reading, or after listening to this book, I really was a Bono fan. And it's a great book, but or it's the best way to read this book is to listen to it, because he's um, it's, it's in his own voice, he's oh. reading the story himself, Bono, yeah. You've got his, he's singing songs in the middle of it. Oh my goodness. Thrown in the songs, yeah. And then one day I was out for a walk and I was like saying, oh gosh, it's it's wet here. It's, you know, it's really, I must be getting wet. I can hear the rain. It wasn't raining at all in my real life, but in the virtual life on Bono's uh, sound, you know, on his audio book, it was raining and he had the sound of the rain. And I was like thinking, I must, it must be raining, you know, but it's just. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Audiobooks are absolutely fantastic. You were but definitely another, immersed into that. Mm, I, I haven't embraced them, I have to say. I like the old, fa- yeah. even the Kindle, and I have, I still yeah. like to turn my book, and I like going to the library, yeah. and I like all the smells and all of that. So I'm probably in the dark ages, to be honest, Tracy. No, you're not, because a lot of people are like you. But if you're talking about summer reads and holiday reads, right, what I did this, this um, holiday, I went off uh, to Europe, and I took one book with me, I didn't read that one book, but I took five audio books with me because they're lighter. Because you know you're trying to get the 10 kg bag. No one wants a big suitcase. So you can't bring, you know, years ago you would have bought, bought 10 books on holidays, let's say, and even bought books over there. Whereas now you can have them all on your um, your your phone. I have them all on my, I just listen to audiobooks on my phone. You're lying down by the pool. You've got the phone plugged in and you're happy days. You're totally relaxed. Is your preference an audiobook the sense that I'm getting over an ebook even? No, I would, uh, I, no, I couldn't read an ebook because I, my eyes at the end of the day are kind of tired. You're doing a lot of computer work. So I'm actually always listening to audiobooks. But I would always have a physical book on the go. Like I couldn't sleep at night if I didn't actually have um, a physical book, if I wasn't reading a physical book. Um, because the audiobooks, you fall asleep in the middle of it if you really listen to an audiobook at night. Whereas the physical book, your eyes are tired, so you just close your eyes. But at least you know where you stop, you know. And it's um, a brilliant way to nod off naturally, isn't it? As opposed oh. to having a screen in front of you. I like a podcast and I have to keep going yeah. back again and again because yeah. I, I, I conk out yeah. as I'm listening to them and I can't remember yeah, the big details. Yeah. And just for you, Una, now, just when I think of something, you might like this too as well. We have Press Reader. And Press Reader is another app, but you can use, you can use, uh, see, get your newspapers and magazines from all over the world, and you can translate them into 21 different languages. And this, again, is all for free via your local library. I, I'm all over that. It's, it's a fantastic, mm. especially if you're into another language and if you want to keep an eye on other stuff, it's a really brilliant, oh, it's a brilliant yeah. um, uh, service that you offer. Tracy, yes. can we go back to, to books? Well, you're probably, everyone's taste is different, of course, but is there anything mm-hmm. that you see as being sort of a must read this summer or for little kiddies? What, what, what are kids into that you could recommend for us? Well, it, for children wise, there's a great book of six to nine year old, right? This is Mighty Mindset. It's by Neve Doyle. Again, it's a debut novel, right? And it's all about changing your mindset. Like if you said to a child, you know, I'm not, I'm, I can't do math. Well, then their brain is going to find that hard to learn. So you're, you, sh- you should say to your child, I'm not good at math yet. And this is all about Mighty Mindset helps children to understand their emotions and learns tips for their mental health and great illustrations by Carl Bartia. And this is, it's a really good book. And it's a great owl um, mental health book, I suppose, for six to nine year olds. 
Then we have another great book that I came across is Olivia Hope. She's from Killarney. And this is Be Wild, Little One. And again, beautiful artwork by Daniel Ignis. And it's all about enjoying nature. Get out in nature. Be wild, dance, climb, whatever. And really appreciate the nature that surrounds us. And then in if you appreciate something and enjoy it, you will love it. And then if you love it, you care for it. So this is like a bit caring for your climate. And it's also going to be out in Irish. It's going to be published by Foot the Father in early spring 2024. And, and, so that's, and, and a lot of the books are now being translated into Irish, which is great to see. So we have that, you know, Irish, English. They're all available in, the, in the, the both languages. And children love graphic novels. Um, this is John Patrick Green, the Investigator series. It's if children love Dogman or Bunny versus Monkey, they will love uh, John Patrick Green. And this is two alligators fighting crime. And um, another one uh, that a lot of people are really loving in libraries at the moment is, and this is nine years plus, it's Robin Stevens and it's Murder Most Unladylike series. Now, she's been around for 10 years, but I feel people have really, you know, um, found, found her this year or the past couple of years. And there's been a real upsurge in popularity with this. And it's murder most unladylike series. And you know, if you go into your local library and you don't see what you want on the shelf, just tell the librarian and they'll be able to get it for you as well. And another book that a lot of people will be um, will be looking at is Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And um, this is supposed to be out on Disney Plus, uh, or I think around in 2024. And any time there's a, a movie or a TV series coming up, that's when you will see the upsurge in popularity of the book. So it's great. It's brilliant. That gives people, uh, I suppose, a good reason to go to the library and there are many more of them as well. I just, as you were talking there, I was wondering, do young people still read, you know, the old Ina Blyton novels or books, you know, the series? Have they gone totally out of fashion? No. Oh, absolutely not. Um, they they love the Ina Blyton series. You've got The War Switch as well. Um, you have um, Mallory Towers. Um, uh, um, uh, Roald Dahl, very, very popular. Um, so and also David Williams. Like David Williams is absolutely fantastic. If you, I'm always trying to get adults to read uh, children's books as well. Um, and I recently read A Gangster Granny, and that was one of his first books, and yeah. it is absolutely brilliant. And if you're going the long car journey, you know he is the person to put on to your audiobook, and then all the family will enjoy that as they're going along. And Tom Fletcher is another one, and um, he's a great. Like a lot of these authors will read their own books as well so it's a real enjoyment for the whole family and that's what you want isn't it is Tom Fletcher the singer no Tom Fletcher is gosh I don't know if he is a singer actually to tell you the truth and he's a writer um, but the gangster granny is definitely a big hit and you know what I enjoy that myself I've read it more than once and it's it's a good read it's one to recommend good good and you know because of the the women's world cup there's been an upsurge in um um, sport books as well. A lot of people are, you know, reading the Ultimate Football Hero series. This is Tom and Matt Oldfield, and this is the biographies of all the Premier Stars, and um, you know the Guinness Book of Records. They love that. Um, anything by John and Fatty Burke, you know, great facts and illustrations, and then the uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not. So a lot of people go back to the time and time again you know the same books keep coming up again but like the Guinness Book of Records you just can't keep it in the library really and then, oh no they love that absolutely love it yeah of course and then that's the whole family kind of love that but 
also because of the World Cup, you've got um, all sports have now become kind of popular. Like you've got the GA stars, uh, Declan Kirby, and he's got a series of books as well about the GA stars. Then you've got George Siggins, he's uh, the rugby series, and that's 9 to 11. And then you've got Gordon Darcy, um, and he's got rugby books as well for 9 to 11. And of course, rugby is going to be the big, big thing, isn't it? We've got the World Cup coming up now in September in France. So again, we leave the Irish flags up and flying high in all libraries, won't we? You'd probably really benefit from that when there's something going on that people flock to, say, for example, the rugby books or, or the soccer books or whatever it is. And it drives people in your doors, which you love. I wanted to ask you there, Tracy, hmm. you mentioned about returns. Can you return your hmm. book to anywhere or is it to, say, if I go into Kilkenny Library, can I return anywhere in the country? You are very lucky. Um, I recently saw that we've got 13 million items available for free in our libraries. And that means that if you are holidaying Kilkenny, you can uh, use Kilkenny Library and bring your Kilkenny Library books back to Carlo and vice versa. So, And it's like 330 libraries across Ireland. And you are, member, uh, you are a member now of every single one. So if you join one library, you're a member of the 330 libraries. So, like, it's just so fantastic. Well, I'll give you a few recommendations yes, for please. your adult listeners. Yeah. Yes, go for it. We've <coughs> strange Sally Diamond, Liz Nugent. Oh, and, oh she's brilliant, isn't she? Super, This is super. her fifth book. And um, again, what I like about her is um, she is a standalone, she writes standalone books. So you've got Unraveling, Oliver, Lying in Wait, Skin Deep, Little Crudies. But I think Strange Sally Diamond is a little bit special this time. I think it's one of our best books ever. Really, really good. Did it remind I you of any other book it. you've read, Tracy, as a matter of interest? Oh, I suppose The Room. Um, oh, did it? Because there's kind of, yeah, it's a little bit based on that as well. You know, Well, that's what I think, you know, because there's a little bit of that content in it. But I just thought it was... And sometimes, I think with Strange Sally Diamond, I kind of nearly... It, I found it hard to read so because it was sort of graphic in some in some um, areas so I was nearly putting it down but couldn't put it down because it's so addictive um, so brilliant brilliant book I, yeah, I, I highly recommend but, that one too okay oh, yeah. A- another one that is just out and this has been in every single uh, newspaper in 20 in, in the spring of this year and now for the summer of the summer reads and this is Ordinary Human Failings this is by Megan Nolan. Now, Megan Nolan wrote Acts of Desperation. That was her first original book back in 2021. Again, and every paper, and, you know, people loved the book. Well, loved it, I don't know. But it was, a, again, it was a hard read. But again, it was just wonderfully written. She is fantastic. But it's this one, this book is Ordinary Human Failings by Megan Nolan and totally, totally different. And um, a 10-year-old is suspected of a violent crime, right? It's um, set between London and Waterford in the 1990s. Uh, Tom Hargraves is a bright young reporter, uh, fiercely ambitious, and regards his readers as peasants or ordinary people. So he thinks he's a cut above the rest. So he stuffs across a scoop, a dead child on a London estate, a grieving parents, and of course, respected by all. And the finger of suspicion points to the reclusive family of Irish immigrants. And the and um, and they are known as the Greens. They're bad apples, known as the Greens. So that's one to watch as well. And um, if you lessons in chemistry, did you read that? I did. Ah, very good. Yeah, that's going to be out in um, Apple TV on October the thirteenth, I think, as well. Oh, um, is it? Another, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you have Brie Larson. She's playing Elizabeth Zott. Now, have you read this? And um, all the light we cannot see by Anthony Durr. Have you read that? No, I haven't done that one. 
<clears throat> now, come here. This is absolutely fantastic. This is going to be out on Netflix in November. It's going to be a four-part series. Barry um, Lore, she's blind since the age of six. Her father builds her a miniature version of the neighborhood, so she has to memorize, um, memorize how to get around. The Nazis invade, so they flee, uh, but they are hunted as they leave with something special, and the and Nazis are after them. So, but it features a German orphan boy who's a gifted engineer, and their two worlds collide. This read that that's actually fantastic. Okay, that's um, oh, another the list. one that I come here. Another one that I recently read. Well, I thought was fantastic. It's a debut novel, and there's something I have to tell you. It's Michelle McDonough. Um, they have Ursula and Jimmy are the um, the owners of the farm, the wealthy owners, and they're found dead in a slurry pit. So, it was an accident or was it a crime? Uh, the finger of suspicion points to Rob, uh, Christine. Rob is their son. Christine is the daughter, or was it Kate, the daughter-in-law? But a lot. This is a great book. Read that. I really, really enjoyed okay, that. That sounds actually. super. I love a little bit of a, yeah. a who done it. Tracy, loads yeah. of great recommendations for our little readers and for myself. Thank you very much. So lots, lots there that we can choose from. And thank you so much for that. We will take a short break. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR. Thanks again to Tracy McEnany who brought us lots of great reads to put on our list for a little bit of a summer read. I had Claire Dunphy from Water Safety Ireland back on. She sent us a message to say that the annual Noor Swim is on on August the 12th. Information is available on Water Safety Kilkenny on any of their social media pages and this year's swim is in aid of acquired brain injury so that's one that we might like to put into the diaries. We have a winner Mary Brennan from Castle Warren Kilkenny. Get the hat, dust it off the top shelf because you are going to ladies Day in Goran this weekend. Congratulations to you. We've had a few people guessing our ID buzz. Unsuccessful, I'm afraid. One person wondering, is it throwing water on a windscreen? It is not. Or again, we've had another rubbish related one opening the waste bin. It's not that either. So I'm afraid the, the 400 euro is still intact. If you want to give it a get tomorrow, you're welcome to do that. But for the moment, we don't have a winner. I read a really interesting little article this morning which talked about eight good habits to help you live for longer. So I think this is a great way to end our show. Some of these are absolutely stating the bleeding obvious. But going through the list, we have top of it, be physically active. Uh, More than 30 minutes of vigorous exercise. No, moderate to vigorous. It doesn't have to be all out. Uh, Physical activity is advised. Never smoke. Have a good diet, high in fruit and vegetables, sleep well, achieve seven to nine hours a night, manage stress well, which sounds so easy, but is not at all easy to do. They're also recommending that we don't regularly binge drink. And this means avoiding more than four drinks a day and have a positive social or sorry, have positive social relationships, such as having a close person to talk to about your problems. But the one that really caught my eye, which I thought was a funny little bit of advice to be giving was to remain free of opioid addiction. So as if that would ever appear on a list of things that are going to keep you healthy. But one thing I thought was encouraging about that article was, of course, the earlier, the the better to adopt these good, healthy habits. But even a small change in your 40s, 50s or 60s can be beneficial. So that's something to keep us hopeful as we um, try to adopt healthier habits. Thank you so much for your company this morning. It's been great to chat and thank you for all your messages. I want to say a huge thanks to Tara who's been here 
pressing the buttons again and helping us out. And of course, to Molly, who's on phones and to Etna for lining up great guests for us today. Look forward to your company again. Lots of great stuff coming up in KCLR right throughout the day. So do stay tuned. KCLR Live with thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo with a fantastic range of shops, food outlets and a state-of-the-art IMC cinema. See fairgreen.ie